Okay, so let's get on with this uh, part six of Apostolic Networking. This is from our private Facebook group. And this is a continuation of New Testament leadership. Like I said, part six, series of teachings and indoctrinations. All right, so, um, so I just get a kick out of this because when I do my live streams, I did this one on a live stream, and I still have people asking me, where is Canada? Okay, it's like, okay. So, which is okay, because at one time I did not even know where Africa was. Uh, and that's a whole continent, not just a nation. Uh, so, we're in Oshawa, uh, in the province of Ontario, specifically southern Ontario. And, of course, I was born in northern Ontario. And Oshawa is close to Toronto. And, of course, uh, not Ottawa, Oshawa. Uh, close to Toronto, which is the capital of Ontario, and Ottawa is actually the capital of Canada. So, um, I wrote here, if you're going to be a true, genuine, and effective apostolic missionary, all right, because this is in context with missionary enterprises, uh, you will need to become familiar with some of your geography. <laughs> Come on, a little bit, anyhow. And one of the best ways in doing that is by getting yourself a world map, all right? Even a small one. To, for starters, that's what I start. I start with a little guy, and then the ones that you put in binders, and then I bought a huge map. And then you'll need to pray for the continents, okay, and their respective nations, even for those nations you will never step foot on, because true missionaries are also intercessors, all right? Missionary work is not just what we've seen and have been taught. We are about to see a whole other side to this word missionary. It's a very common word. Even the heathens are very familiar with the word missionary. But when I mention missionary, uh, they got a whole different concept from what the Lord has taught me about missionary work. So here I've said regarding leadership, all right? Uh, some have said that the actual word leadership does not exist in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. And there is some truth to that. There really is, of course. Um, yet this word lead or guide uh, which are synonymous, basically, are all over the place in the Bible, all right? The word lead is directly found in the word leadership, right? We got the word lead, leader, in the word leadership. It's like the word son, sonship, right? We've got the word son, which is everywhere in the New Testament, but we don't have the actual word sonship. But the concept of sonship is everywhere, all right? And just... Um, and just a, a couple examples for this word lead. Uh, let's look at it here real quick. Romans 8.14, uh, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So we've got the word led. So really we're looking at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Then we've got John 16.13, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide, lead you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he'll tell you things to come. All right? So, the concept of leadership is everywhere in the Bible, even including the Old Testament. My goodness, if Moses wasn't a leader, I don't know what you call him, right? Maybe we should call New Testament leadership as the leadership of the Spirit, especially the New Testament. Because the Spirit is the one who has, who has to exert his leadership or his guidance or his leading through someone who is part of the body of Christ. That's just the way it works in the New Testament. So, according to Strong's numbers, so I just brought out my, my Strong's, my, this is one of my bigger ones, Strong's Expansive Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible, all right? 
very tedious book, but it's very helpful if you know how to work it. Uh, we've got different words here um, that we're just going to look at briefly here. So according to Strong's Concordance for the word lead, actual word lead in the New Testament based upon the King James, that's what the Strong's, most Strong's Concordance, that's where they're based on the King James because the King James has been around so long. Uh, we have nine different Greek words translated lead in English. Okay, go figure that one out. Then we've got according to Strong's Concordance for the word leaders, in the New Testament, based upon the King James, we have one, just one Greek word, that's Strong's number 3595. Then we've got, according to Strong's Concordance, for the word leadeth in the New Testament, based upon the KJV, we have six different Greek words translated leadeth, leadeth in the New Testament, in English, sorry. And then we've got, according to Strong's Concordance, for the word led, Led in the New Testament, based upon the KJV, we have nine different Greek words translated led in English. Nine different Greek words because there's nine different uh, Strong's numbers, all right? And then last but not least, we have, according to Strong's concordance for the word guide, in the New Testament, based upon the KJV, we have four, four different Greek words translated guide in English but four different Greek words, four different Greek uh, Strong's numbering, all right? So leaders, I wrote here, leaders or guides point you in a certain direction, whether it's the right or wrong direction depends upon the leader or the guide or depends upon the leadership of that leader, all right? Even the Lord himself has used the word leadership with me on a few occasions. So if he believes in the word leadership, then we should welcome it, right? I can go on and on about this, but I'm just I'm trying to make this brief so that we can move into the verses in the next videos, all right, regarding leadership in the New Testament. So even when it comes to the word follow, follow, as in follow me, we all know that one, it carries the idea of someone leading you so that you can follow them because basically it is saying, let me lead or guide you and I can, so I can do so if you will allow me to, if you will follow me. All right, and some of the best examples for this are found in verses such as Matthew 4, 19. That's uh, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So to follow Jesus, that means you're coming under his leadership. Uh, Mark 6, 1, then he went, Jesus went out and from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him, followed him. I wrote here, you will never ever lead or guide someone unless they follow you or your instructions or advice. Impossible. You may be trying to lead them in a certain direction, yet if they're not following your advice or your direction or whatever, your counsel, you're not actually leading them, all right? That's just a no-brainer. In this world, we need good leaders as well as good followers. You cannot get away from this concept, all right? And your ability to influence people will be found in your ability to lead them. And your ability to lead people will be found in your ability to influence them. Now, there's always um, exceptions to the rules, all right? You can have really good leadership skills, and you still got people that are just, mm, no, don't want to go down that road, don't want to do don't want to do that fasting stuff, that mortification trend. He's got good teaching, that guy, but I don't like that mortification transformation. Well, that's too bad. That's good leadership. But that's not good. You know, they should be following him. All right? All right? So, last page here. All of this and so much more has to do with leadership. 
All right, anyone who is influencing you for good or for evil, actually, is actually leading you on the right or the wrong path, all right? True leadership is all about influence. And I got, I'm gonna say this here, Hitler was actually a quote-unquote great leader, was he not? Of course, he must have been in order to get so many to follow his evil vision. Hey, how many people he had following him to do what he wanted to accomplish? My goodness, all right? So there are many more I could mention that there were just as bad or worse than Adolf Hitler or even worse than when even or we even have some today. Absolutely, we've got some people who are just as bad and the reason they're able to accomplish their agenda or their evil agenda is because of their ability to persuade certain people of their agenda. There, this is nothing new, all right? And this is going to go on and on and on and on until it's, this whole thing is over with uh, regarding the history of mankind. And all of this works very much so in the church because all you need is to have one man or one woman up at the front spewing false doctrine instead of sound doctrine. And if the people sitting in the pews don't know any better, they will end up believing what they are hearing or being exposed to, causing that whole church or that whole body or congregation to go in the wrong direction. Very sad, but very true. And this is why we need a reformation in order to lead and guide his people in his direction, the Lord's direction, and not some man's or woman's direction. I got this, some of this from, from Dave Roberson about the whole one person leading a whole congregation astray. We need to learn, learn, learn. And this is what you get with me, all right? Because with me and Miss Enterprise, you are back in school. Uh, and this time, it's a Bible school setting. I'm a teacher, and even more, I'm an educator. That's why I teach the way I teach. That's why I talk the way I talk. That's why I think and believe the way I think and believe, all right? Uh, to learn, even when it comes to learn, to learn the fullness of your sonship, all right? Because I mentioned the word son. Uh, to learn the, to walk in the fullness of your sonship because I always finish what walking in the fullness of your sonship. Uh, for, you will need to learn to walk in the fullness of his grace because we got our sonship back. We got it back because we we're sons back in the garden before the fall. But we got our sonship back or we are made sons once again because of his grace since we are saved by his grace. Grace has made available our sonship or us being made sons of God once again, because Adam was a son of God. He was, he was his firstborn, all right? And Jesus was God's firstborn from the dead as the second Adam, all right? If you're going to learn the right things, you will need to hear those things over and over and over and over. It's called the law of repetition, right? So that you can get those things deep inside of you and not just on the surface, all right? So it's like a seed, right? That's what the parables of the sword is all about. So anyhow, got to wrap up. We're going to move on to some, some good verses in the next uh, teaching in part seven. So as I finish all my videos, I encourage all of you to learn to what it takes to walk in the fullness of the grace of God, but also as the faith of God, because it's faith that gives access to the grace of God. Shalom and amen.